Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all. I'm JJ. Hey, guys. It's Kat. And on this episode, we have a really cool guest. It's Sapphire Sandali. She is one of the, let's call it, big players in the paranormal community. (gasps) (laughs) Players. From, uh, you know, TV to YouTube to podcasts to being instrumental in helping people who may not normally have a voice in this field get their voice out there. She's really a one of a kind. Sapphire, thank you so much for joining Real Hauntings Podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me and for those very nice words. (laughs) Of course, of course. Yeah, your content is so cool. I actually have been behind the scenes kind of getting ready for us to do a YouTube soft launch. launch. I don't know why I can't say that. I want to say lunch. Um, <laughs> a YouTube next... lunch. We're yeah. inviting all of YouTube and yeah. every creator on there. Yeah. <laughs> and your stuff is just so amazing. It really inspired me to get off my ass and finally start doing some of that portion of the editing I need to do. But not here about me and what I want to do. <laughs> We're here to celebrate you. Uh, one thing we do like to find out about our guests and i think i know where this will go we want to know where you fall on what we call the believo meter zero meaning (laughs) ghosts aren't real and 10 Mm -hmm. they are where do you fall on that scale i think i have to say (laughs) here's the thing i do believe that there is um there are spirits and things like that but that doesn't mean that everything i hear i believe is paranormal like i'm actually pretty skeptical uh and i feel really bad because people will send me videos or audio and be like oh my god what do you think this is and I'm like I don't want to like tell you Santa isn't real but like this is just like (laughs) you know like a light flare or a spider web or yeah yeah, so people have certain expectations of us that create this kind of content you know of of whether or not we should believe everything we shouldn't and Mm -hmm. it does kind of put you in some peculiar positions luckily we have jj that we can always just throw it to and say here you go resonance skeptic (laughs) (laughs) i'm ghost agnostic okay okay so are you like a five I, yeah, I would say I'm a five. When we started this podcast, I mean, Noah, the, the podcast is Noah's brainchild. And he was like, you want to do a podcast about ghosts? And I was just like, I mean, I don't, I don't believe in ghosts, but I like, I like hearing people's <laughs> ghost stories. Like those are fun. But I would have said I was like a, a zero or a 0.5 when we first started. But I, I don't think I can be anything more than a five unless I like mm have a a personal experience that I like really cannot discount like listening to everyone's ghost stories with an open mind. Um, and every week yeah. he's like, ghost, come, come here. I'm like, I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. Come, come get me. Which I think is a dangerous <laughs> line to tell. I don't know why I thought JJ was going to say I'm single and ready to mingle. Like, like I am not, <laughs> but we, but we do have a ghost hall pass. So yeah. Yeah. That is oh, yeah. yeah. I mean like, okay. cause, cause we, I mean. For science. Yeah. For science. Yeah. So Uh it's fine. Yeah. So Sapphire, you, I know um, on your YouTube channel, that's kind of primarily where I take in your content. You have talked about experiences 
that certain family members have had. I know there's some really interesting things there. I was curious, are there any significant experiences that you've had that you'd like to share with our audience? Yes. I'm sure anyone listening to this who has heard me on other interviews is sick of this story, but I don't care. I will tell it again because it still freaks me out. Um, And it was just like really cool. I actually spent most of my life not experiencing anything. Um, I think the most that ever happened to me was just me being scared of everything. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) that, like I was just like a very, very fearful child. And looking back, I feel like that is the reason why I didn't have any experiences because when you, you can, it's possible to like block yourself from having these experiences. Mm. Um, And I was like, why is everyone around me having all of these ghost stories, but I'm not. But then I was also very grateful for it because I was very scared. And then um, in July of 2020, uh, my grandpa passed away and he was the reason why I'm obsessed with the paranormal to begin Mm. with. Uh, He had all these really wild stories when he lived in the Philippines and in Hawaii and in America and sorry, the mainland of America. It took his passing for me to have this realization of like, I think I'm ready to like try to contact the dead like for real. <laughs> um, and so I went on this like spiritual journey and I think I went a little bit too far um, because I was doing all of these uh, meditations. I was getting like Reiki and clearings and I even like ordered this like third eye opening spell from this like witch and I was doing wow. every <laughs> yeah and I was I was like doing a lot of stuff and then it all sort of culminated into this one night um in let's see when was this like early 2021 and I was having a really really hard time falling asleep it was a full moon that night and I ended up having this really really vivid dream that turned into a nightmare. I was like at my grandparents' house and everything felt very, very real. Uh, and then I walked to the bathroom and then suddenly everything changed. Like it was not their house anymore. Mm. And wait, oh, is everything okay? Oh, our <laughs> cats are just fighting. So um, I just went on It was to aggressive than I've ever seen. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> they, the microphone, I'm so sorry to- They got a new cardboard scratch thingy and they're just very territorial about we're it. We're very professional right now. Welcome so to the Real sorry. Hauntings podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Welcome no, into I our- I thought house. you guys were like seeing something and I was like, oh my God, like, oh. what's happening? <laughs> Their I mean, third was- eye just <laughs> ripped right open. <laughs> During your story, we were just like- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to- I was very concerned. Um, It's it's finally happened. (laughs) I saw an apparition. (laughs) Um, Where was I? Oh, uh, my grandparents' bathroom. So in the dream, I opened the bathroom door and then suddenly it's no longer their house. Like I don't recognize where I am. And I walk in and there's like sand on the ground. There's like palm trees. Like it doesn't make any sense. And then I turn the corner and I see this woman with long black hair and she's naked face down on the ground in the sand and I see her and I immediately know that she is dead and I think oh please don't please please don't tell me like what happened um and I start panicking and I'm trying to like get out of the bathroom I'm trying to wake up and I wake up and I know for a fact I'm awake (laughs) um I know how like you know there's that weird moment where sometimes your dream can like seep into your waking mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't this. I was fully awake and I heard 
So like I'm laying like this in my bed and then my head's turned like this. And then like right here, I hear this woman humming this tune and it goes on long enough that like I, I memorize what it sounds like. And so I'm laying, like it stops and I'm laying there and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like it scared the crap out of me. And then I couldn't go to sleep, couldn't go back to sleep. Um, and then the rest of the night I'm hearing like taps and like all like weird, like drumming, like distant drumming, distant chanting, just like the worst. And like, I feel like those things might've been more sleep paralysis sounds like, mm -hmm. um, because I couldn't go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. But when I, when morning came, I texted all of my friends, um, my psychic friends. And I was like, this really weird thing happened to me last night. Tell me what happened. And everyone had a different theory. And um, one theory was that the woman that I saw was a dead woman who wanted to show me how she died. And when I woke up, that was her like humming because she was like, you know, giving me this vision or something. And I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> that theory. Next. <laughs> yeah, next theory. Um, and then the other theory was that, um, so it was a woman, like a dead woman showing me how she died. But then the woman in the room was actually like one of my guides or one of my ancestors who was protecting me while I was having this really, really scary nightmare. So that's sort of what I think was happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I look back on it, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe she was like trying to protect me while I was like having this really, really weird vision. But yeah, and then after that, it scared me so much that I just like stopped doing everything I was doing. Like I stopped meditating, stopped thinking about stuff. I was just like, I don't, I'm like, if that was just like the beginning of me, like opening this up, mm -hmm. I don't want it. Close it back up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just kidding. And, yeah. I was like, <laughs> psych. Um, so then maybe like a month or two passed after and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Because <laughs> I think like the fear had finally like, gone away and I realized like she didn't even she didn't hurt me she was just freaking humming in the middle of the night like weird and rude but like yeah. not harming me so then I was like ready to go back in and then since then I've had nothing as scary as that but I've had like more like weird kind of things happen do you feel like most yeah. of the things you've encountered have been part of like that intuitive I mean I use the word medium side kind of softly there because I don't exactly know what mm -hmm. everything you've experienced, but is that kind of where you feel like worlds are kind of bleeding together in your experiences more so than just like a straight up, like, here's a ghost boo, that kind of thing. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I think, I think when, when we ask the question, do you believe in ghosts? You have to also ask like, what is your definition of a ghost? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they can communicate with us in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And an apparition is like the most rare. That is so rare. So like most mm -hmm. people will never see a ghost. <laughs> and yeah. if people do see one, it's usually like in your, in your mind's eye. And it's right. hard to explain what that feels like when like how like how well how do you know you're just not like imagining that it's like it's hard to explain that when you right. haven't like experienced that yeah my question is i totally agree with that because i mean ghost is different to so many people spirits whatever it may be um i guess i want to know what your like definition is of a ghost like is it a soul that's on another you know in another dimension or is it like 
time isn't measurable. So it's someone living in the past communicating now. Mm -hmm. Is it energy? Like, where do you kind of land with that? Uh, um, I actually, I usually don't even really use the word ghost just because I feel like it's so loaded because of like pop culture and mm -hmm. like TV and horror. Um, so I usually like say spirit. Mm -hmm. um, that's usually the word I prefer. But like I, my definition of a ghost, like the word ghost is the spirit of somebody who was once human. And then for whatever reason, their, their essence is still lingering here on earth because they're, they're tied here because of like some type of, oh my God, I'm not explaining this well. Um, like people become ghosts when they let the very earthly lower vibrational things like keep them here. So for example, like extreme anger, extreme sadness, extreme jealousy, like things like that. So that's the stuff that keeps people earthbound. It's mm. it's always strong emotional stories we get from these people. Mm -hmm. They're either like very terribly sad, very terribly angry, or like seeking revenge. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense to me. And like so much of our like inner workings of our brain just release so many chemicals in these heightened states of emotions too. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of more on like the side of a lingering type of energy or something like that, which is, you know, pretty similar in my head to what you're describing. And it would make so much sense with heightened emotions. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's also like a lot of stories of like kind of a more like intensely protective kind of spirit, which is also like, I think a yeah. very like strong emotional attachment clinging. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good point that y'all raised. And Sapphire, I'm curious because you have interviewed people, you spend a lot of time in this kind of spooky content world. We have had guests on who only believe that ghosts are, or spirits are angels and demons. How do you approach uh, when somebody comes towards you with such a strong opinion of the paranormal that feels very connected to religion or something that you can tell they really strongly believe in. How do you approach that? Oh no. Um, yeah, like load it off. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you're saying that you've talked to people who they don't believe in the humans walking the earth. Everything paranormal is like right. an angel or a demon. Yeah, yeah specifically and more demon than anything is, is the yeah. episode I'm thinking about. I mean, assuming this is not the person that you interviewed, um, I actually interviewed someone um, who was an exorcist trainer. Um, so Whoa. he it, he was really cool. And I actually, I was really hesitant to interview him just because um, I bash Catholicism on my podcast so much. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know if this is the right venue, but I am also, um, I'm like, I can't say that I'm open-minded and not be open to having sure. other perspectives on my show. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'll have him on. And even though there were things that I disagreed with, the thing that I kept going back to was like, but he's seen more than I have. Mm -hmm. He's experienced more than I have. He literally works in this space. So, you know, he has an authority on demons, I would say, more than me. Um, but at the same time, I do, I don't know, I, it was very, it was a little conflicting for me just like personally mm -hmm. and I had to just be like okay like this is his truth and he was very respectful but he did say that like all paranormal investigation is like 
<laughs> right. And I was like, good. Uh, like, like, no idea if this guy, like, and I told him, I was just like, okay, well, like, um, you know, like I, I do paranormal investigation. How can I do it in a way that is not going to get me like killed by a demon? Um, and he said, it's all about intention. Like there's there's paranormal investigators. I have no idea if I'm answering your question, so I'm just gonna keep. No, this is fascinating though. I've always wanted to talk to like a, a Catholic priest exorcist. Person. Well, here's the thing: he wasn't a he's not a priest. He's oh, a lay he's person. Oh. Yeah, so he's even more unique in that way. Where like, oh, and also there's another reason why I was more okay with bringing him on is because he is a mental health expert. He's hmm. he has his master's in psychology. Um, and that's the reason why he was brought on to an exorcism case, because they were like, we want to make sure that this is not just mental illness. This is actually mm. something deep. Oh my gosh. Have you seen the show Evil? That's literally the plot of that show. Oh, is it? Yeah. I on, saw the um, pilot and I hate Paramount, it. Paramount maybe. Uh, yeah. That's like they have a psychiatrist come on to the, well, in this case, the Catholic church brings her on to validate the experiences essentially. And of course, you know, craziness unravels from there, but, but yeah. I wonder if it's based. So maybe this is a thing. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well that, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, to the church's credit i guess is that they are using more um psychologists and people who are very knowledgeable in how the brain works right they they have like it's very very rare for an exorcism to be approved mm. because of all those things which is probably uh, a good thing yeah pretty traumatic exactly um wow that's that's fascinating i mean you really have talk to a, a wide variety of yes. people are there any stories like there's one that people like to hear from us tell about essentially this ghost that saves a lady and her child from an abusive relationship that's the really shorthand version of that mm. story but it has a very happy ending and kind of a confirming paranormal or real kind of gotcha thing at the end are there any stories that you've heard that really stick with you that you love sharing that you really can't even believe that you got to hear them on your podcast oh my goodness I don't even know where to begin um let me see episode one (laughs) (laughs) on our mini series (laughs) well there is one that made me scream when I heard it it's I'll try I'll try to I haven't like thought about in a while it was like my first season Mm -hmm. um but it's really cool it's this man named Mark Allen Miller. He used to work for Clive Barker, the horror uh, director. Mm. And um, Clive Barker, uh, his mansion is just filled with the weirdest fucking shit. <laughs> um, and that's that was all the inspiration like for all those movies and those books that he wrote because he would see the weirdest things in his house. And so, okay, let me see. I hope I, I, hope I say this right because it was weird and you can google the the painting i'm talking about after because when he showed it to me i literally screamed oh my gosh (laughs) so the painting itself wasn't scary it's okay let me back up mark is working out of clive's mansion um and at the time uh clive was out of the country and so mark was in charge of these workers who came into the house uh and they were like sanding down this giant table so um, like Clive had this really giant room, like ma- a massive, massive room with a massive table. And so there's workers sanding it down. And so the entire room was filled with all of this sawdust, right? 
Um, and so uh, they were done. And so Mark went in to like check on the work and he was like, all right, cool. And then they left. And then um, he notices that like, okay, so this room is so big that there needs to be multiple lights, right? Uh, multiple lamps across the room and they're the touch lamp kind. So you have to touch it with two fingers and then mm -hmm. it turns on and off. So um, he's alone in the room and, you know, he's looking at the table and then one of the lights further down in the room turns on and he goes, okay, you know, it's an old house. It's, you know, there's like weird wiring. I'll just go walk over and turn it off. So he walks over and when he goes to turn it off, he sees two fingerprint depressions like in the sawdust oh and he like looks around and there's no footprints nearby. And so when he told me that, I was like, well, who who pressed the lamp? And he was like, let me tell you part two of the story. Oh. So in this mansion, Clive has this man who is the groundskeeper. Um, it's a really tall man. He's bald, very pale skin. Um, I don't remember his name, but so he would see him wandering the mansion all the time. You know, he was just taking care of like things. And then uh, at this time, Mark, uh, for whatever reason, was not at the mansion this night. Um, he doesn't stay. Okay, that's what it was. He he wasn't staying overnight, but his friend was going to stay at the mansion because he just got hired to to work at the mansion. So his friend goes to the mansion late at night. He's there by himself except for the groundskeeper. Um, he goes into one of the rooms and um, he's, you know, getting ready for bed, turns off all the lights. And then um, the way that the house is, he said that there's a very specific set of sounds that happens when somebody enters the mansion and enters this room that he's in you hear like a big oak door creak you hear this like bing bong and then you hear the footsteps towards the door right so this guy mark's friend is in one of the rooms of the mansion he hears the door open he hears a bing bong and he hears the footsteps go to the door <sighs> so he's like oh like maybe it's mark like who who's here so, you know, he sits up, he looks, you know, towards the door to see who's coming in, right? And, you know, there's no, the lights are off. There's only moonlight coming through the window. And um, he sees the silhouette of what looks like the groundskeeper. You know, he sees like the bald head and the tall figure. And he goes, oh, hey, you know, like, how's it going? Do you need something? <sighs> Guy doesn't respond. And so he like reaches over, turns on the light. <sighs> And standing there is not the groundskeeper, uh. but a figure whose head, all of the features were like little bugs. Like they, like his eyes, his nose, his mouth had little legs and they were crawling all over oh my God. his head. No. And he was like, <sighs> what the hell? And then he disappeared. So he's like, what the hell happened? And so that's when he pulls out his phone and he texts Mark. Um, and that's the reason why Mark knows how all of this happened. He was texting him exactly what happened. He's like, I don't understand. I saw this guy, like his features were crawling on his face. Like, I don't understand. And he's describing this and Mark <laughs> realizes, he goes, okay, um, you know, that room that you're in, 
do you see this pile of paintings in the corner of the room? And he looks over and there's a bunch of like, you know, stacked wrapped paintings because Clive had just done like an art show. And he was like, yeah, I see them. He was like, why don't you go over and open, like open one of them. Open so the were these, one. these were like wrapped in like, like o- opaque material. Like he couldn't like. He couldn't see. Yeah. It okay. was, they were all wrapped. Um, and so oh my he gosh. walks I'm over. i what comes next. <laughs> He walks over to the paintings, he pulls one out, opens it, and it's a painting of the guy. Oh, I thought you were going to say that. No. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey y'all, it's Noah Daniels, and oh boy, I just got my box of wild grain bread and pasta. My whole family has been so excited to dive in. We started with a sourdough, and it was amazing. If you're looking to make Mother's Day brunch planning easier or just looking for a great gift for your mom, you've got to check out Wild Grain. Order before May 6th to get your box in time for Mother's Day. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. The next thing up for us to try is the biscuits with our breakfast. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Like what? And so, oh no! And so, like when Clive got back from the art show that he did, they told him what happened, and Clive was like, 
oh yeah, that's a man that I see around my mansion all the time. <gasps> no! Fuck it. that. Oh. I just he, like... He told me to paint him. Oh. Oh. Yo, I just got so scared that I like turned around to make sure I couldn't see anything and I saw my hair and thought it was bugs. Oh no. So that's where I'm at mentally right now. <laughs> and I am not Googling that picture. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be the first no, thing I do. No, I cannot. You need to. Um, I don't remember the name. It's actually kind of hard to find. So if you want me to find it, I will find it for yeah. you because I have it saved somewhere. Oh but yeah, he, please do. Mark pulled out his phone and showed me the painting and I screamed because I was like, "There's, I cannot imagine like seeing that in real life. That is like crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I would be remiss if we didn't walk through your career a little bit. I know we're doing a lot of fun, spooky stories, but I am also equally as interested how you kind of got to where you are now. Um, you know, not only do you have a successful YouTube channel uh, and one of what I would call the best voices in our platform. I mean, Kat oh and JJ, God. I don't know if y'all have heard <laughs> Sapphire do her intro voice and it kind of carries through some of the episodes too, the way that she lays out her content, but it's literally like if, if you Google Sapphire's name, or I'm sorry, if you put her name into Reddit, they're, they're like posts where people are like, Hey, uh, what are just some good silky smooth voices to listen to about horror content? And yours oh always comes up, which is like <laughs> such a specific category really? to fall in. I think that's so cool. Anyway, so let's rewind a little bit. I know that you have uh, worked with the Travel Channel. Um, you were kind of paramount in starting a paranormal, I guess, media organization is kind of the best way to put it because it does more than one thing. Can you hmm. can you give us kind of a snapshot of where this started for you creatively and, and where you are now with what you want to ultimately end up with? Yeah. Um, so I studied animation that's what i went to school for and i've always loved ghost stories and i used to work at this studio called shadow machine in hollywood and we were working on a show that i'm sure you've never heard of or seen it was on mtv called greatest party stories ever and it was like these yes i have seen clips of that oh yeah you and the animations are so good it's cool like it's a cool yeah. show yeah it is um and no one i'm sure no one's fine <laughs> um but the concept of it is these people these young people tell their craziest party story and then we add little animation to it and i'm working yeah. on this and i'm like this would be really cool if it was people's ghost stories oh. so that's when that the idea of combining the ghost stories and animation came but then i never really did anything with that until um i met rachel evans who was working at snarled at the time snarled is this um, youtube channel and um she i don't remember how we met <laughs> um but she was like oh you're an animator you want to like pitch us something and so i was like oh and i had that idea to like do the animation and the scary stories so i did that for snarled for like three years and then I quit for reasons and then now I'm doing basically the same thing but on my own <laughs> nice and, and how did you do stuff with like travel channel and, and that side of spooky content as well you know so travel channel actually reached out to me via email um they it was for the very first thing that I did for travel was um, paranormal caught on camera. Um, so I've been doing that like since the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. And 
that first, oh God, that first shoot, I didn't watch all of the clips because I was like, there's no way they expect me to watch all this. <laughs> and then they went through every single one. And I was like, I didn't watch that one. Oh, I didn't no. watch that one. And I was convinced they were not going to ask me back. And then like six seasons later, here we are. But <laughs> wow, wow, wow. You didn't try to slither in your way through it and just be like, and this one's scary too on camera. <laughs> well, they they had like a laptop and then I just asked like, could I watch it now? Yeah. And I just was so embarrassed. I was like, that was like, I could, I didn't expect you to want me to watch That's all amazing. of these videos. That's like a, an actor's version of being like, line, line. You're like, hey, let me see the video again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. It was so embarrassing. Uh, but yeah, that was the very first thing. And I'm pretty sure they found me because of the web series I did with okay. Starled. And how long does it take you? Because you do have a lot of, you know, obviously you have your animations on your YouTube channel that are pretty consistent as far as like intros and, and that kind of thing. But you also have storyboard animations. How long does it take you to do one of those for an episode? I would say like from start to finish, I don't know, a couple of days, maybe three or four days, like wow. from writing to finishing it, like That's editing awesome. and everything. Fast really from like mm -hmm. what little I know about animation or like, um, you, I keep you know. it, yeah, I keep it really simple for that reason. Yeah. Like it's not actually, there's not a lot of actual animation happening in it. It's all just like, you know, stills of people like scared <laughs> right even that though like mm -hmm. it's like yeah I've I been, like, yeah one of my pandemic like adhd hyperfixations was <laughs> claymation i just like mm. i literally watched that parks and rec episode where what's his face is like i'm ben. depressed ben yeah i'm so bad with names Ben is like, I'm depressed. I'm going to learn claymation. And, and I thought, I want to be that guy. And so <laughs> I, I would got half I, of the formula. <laughs> I would make like 20 second videos that took an hour and a half to make. And it was so fun. Mm -hmm. And then when we started this podcast and I was like, I'm going to try to learn animate on like uh, Adobe or something like that to like animate our, our faces talking mm -hmm. for like, you know, Instagram or social media. Oh my gosh, Good. did not even make it past the first like step <laughs> before I was just like, I, so I, anyways, it was Adobe. fascinating and amazing to learn claymation. Yeah. And now anytime I see any type of animator or claymation or whatever it is, I'm just like mind blown. Right. But that's yeah. what I love about animation okay. is that it's so satisfying when it's you so do finish it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one it's of those magic. Things you can't half-ass it. Like, that's mm -hmm. why I love animators because it's like no one gets in this industry for the money or like <laughs> it's you, they ha like you have to love animation mm -hmm. and like really care about it. Um, and y'all are all probably just so patient, probably the most patient people. You have to be. <laughs> yeah. For animation oh, yeah. and probably paranormal investigations. Because yeah. I assume there's a lot of waiting around. <laughs> a lot of waiting, yes. What what is kind of like the the typical work process of of uh, like investigations that you've been on? If there is like a typical process or a process. Um, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of waiting. Um, you just like go into a space and you kind of you know, you see if you get anything. If you don't get anything, you switch equipment or you move to another location or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like JJ is like, it's like an escape room. You got to go in and like, <laughs> like check the furniture like, for clues. Yeah, you have to like line you got up. Got your lock books. pick out for ghosts. Yeah. yeah move yeah. it. Click, 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 click. <laughs> like line up all the bases to get the sun to hit it perfectly. Like, That's so funny. I mean, you're not wrong. It is kind of like that. Like the, the thing about paranormal experiences is that there there are a lot of things that need to line up in order for it to happen and Mm -hmm. so when people go into haunted places and they're like oh well nothing happened to me that night so it's not haunted and it's like well there's a lot of things that you like that come into play you know it's actually like really rare (laughs) to experience something so and I'm, and this will be the last creative question I ask. Sorry for digging into this so much. That is fine. Then it's um, all boring questions after that. So <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. Um, but I am curious what you, and I've got to quit saying I am curious. That has become a real clutch lately. I would if like curious, to know. So with Mid Journey and apps like that becoming so popular, <laughs> programs like that. And, Wait, and explain Mid Journey to 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 me as if I were a <laughs> no, geriatric so, person who doesn't know what yeah so so mid journey is, is um I, I would use quotations ai that you kind of give information to like uh for example i i made a couple the other day for us to use where i said cute ghost wearing headphones blue background to kind of get different versions of our logo to just kind of play with so oh okay the, the algorithm using all the pictures in the world, you know, gives you its version, but like it struggles with hands. It, it can't mm-hmm. put words together. Yeah. There, there are definitely limitations to that. So Sapphire, when you as an animator, like for me, it's going to be great because I can't animate. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just a, a simple lay person, but on our YouTube, essentially what I want to ultimately do is play an episode of ours. And then maybe just put like three pictures depicting like the haunting of that episode. And I think mm-hmm. Midjourney journey will help me with that. But how do you feel as far as a creative, like, is that cheating? Like, uh, should I feel bad at night when I go to bed or, or what are your uh, thoughts? God, I've, I, I was not expecting this question. Today. <laughs> I think that there is a valuable use for AI generated imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just cannot call it art. Like it's right. just not, that's not what art is. Art has to come from a human um and i remember like talking to my sister about this and we were like having this argument because she was like oh my god you're gonna like lose a job and i was like no i'm not like it's who, who <laughs> says you're gonna lose a job like <laughs> oh my god it's so cool what <laughs> she was like i know she was joking but it like triggered me i was like oh my gosh like oh, why true. why is this making me so upset for me i just think um like the most practical use for it is like if you're just trying to like conceptualize something it Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be final um i don't think that it would ever fully replace um a human artist because because of like the hands and all that kind of stuff and like sure maybe they can fix that in the future but um what makes art art is uh the like there's there's only so much that you can teach a program like Mm -hmm. there are there are things that our brains can do that creatively you probably cannot teach. You 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 just can't teach a you can't teach a program. Yeah. And the way the way that I view it is like, would you ever really enjoy a movie that was purely made by robots? Probably not, because that's not like we watch movies because we want to feel something real. Mm-hmm. And if you replace all of those positions with an AI robot, um, it's not it's just not going to be good. 
ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so like for you, um, the purpose of the way that you are using the program, um, you know, it's like you're using it because you do not have the ability to create the imagery, but it doesn't need to be perfect. It's right. not like you're claiming that you're an artist. Like, did you guys hear about that guy who was like, I I I made a I wrote a book with AI. I drew all the pictures with AI and now I'm selling it on Amazon. And it's yeah. like okay, but you can't call yourself an artist. You can't call yourself a writer. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the the shitty thing about that is like if you know, in order for an algorithm to be able to do all those things, it has to be fed a huge sample of of data points from from actual humans creative works mm-hmm. right. and so the people who are like whose artwork probably without them knowing is being fed into the sample aren't receiving any kind of cut from yeah the these like artificially i it, i don't like i i listened to a podcast about ai and they were talking about how stupid the term artificial intelligence is and we're like it should be called salami which stands for statistical something something machine interface Great. or something but anyways wow you long, nailed that you nailed it jj wow i was like just look up the acronym salami. sound like a salami ask uh, siri about it no <laughs> so. i i get what you're saying i mean hey, wait so. wait wait Salami is stop and look at me immediately. Okay, well that's Whoa. a different that's a different thing. Oh. Hold on. Um, that's interesting. But but to transition a little bit back to ghost, you know, I think we could be headed to an interesting place where it's kind of like the ghost in the machine with things like chat G- GTP, chat chat GPT. I always get that confused. But mm-hmm. you know, I've I've played around with that a lot. Obviously that is limited to like all these things, but it was super interesting to see what happened on being and how they had to roll it back because it was being like super mean to the New York times reporter and all those things. So I got to it after all that happened. So I have it Mm. with like a governor on it. You know, I can't get it to get pissed off, but not that I would do that, but (laughs) I did ask it, if you were human, what would you do for a day? And it gives you this disclaimer anytime you ask it these kind of questions. And it goes, well, first off, I am an artificial intelligent machine. I cannot da 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 And then it goes, but if I was a human, I would love to learn a skill like a human so where I can actually use my body to perform the skill because I'm always learning skills all the time. And I was like, all right, I hope a programmer just put that in for this question. (laughs) It felt felt a little eerie. Like I got excited, but you know, and then I was like, would you like to experience love? And it said, yes, that is one of the things I would most like to experience. And it listed its reasons. Mm. I was like, man, this is, this is pretty wild. Crazy. Okay. Wait, before anyone says anything, I found it. Salami. It's not AI. It's salami. Salami. Systematic approaches to learning algorithms and machine inferences. Wow. Wow. I've, and this I've is told... the start of our new podcast. <laughs> Real ag- algorithms. I can I can hear the reviews now. You had Sapphire on and you wasted 20 <laughs> fucking minutes talking about AI and drawing. Uh, okay, okay. I can talk about it for some of longer though. Do you guys like? charcuterie boards okay we're we're getting back to to the ghost <laughs> yes i do because i okay we're, good <laughs> yeah, make us great dinner <laughs> um we're coming up on our hour anyway and i don't want to keep sapphire too long but okay so we have really kind of gone through your lineage of of what you've done in the paranormal space in the community um like i said i, I was talking to stephanie strange and she could not 
say enough nice things about you. And it's, it's nice to have you on and see that you really are kind of that genuine, not kind of, you are that genuine person <laughs> that she mentioned. Um, Jury's you, still out. Yeah, Jury's still out. <laughs> the skeptic <laughs> corner. Um, as, we, as you move forward, you know, you've, you've got your channel, you've got other media projects you work on. What is kind of the big picture for you? Is there one defining thing you want to create? Do you want to keep trying to mm. spin like as many plates as you can? Like at the end of the day, what is going to give you credence with what you've done in the paranormal space? Like I said earlier, like my passions are animation and ghost stories. Mm -hmm. So I, in everything I do, I always try to have those be part of what I'm doing. Um, so like I am working on um, like a paranormal animated series pitch with um, this producer. And um, I'm every like unscripted series that I pitch, I always try to like include like like animated portions yeah. in it i think like for me mission wise i want to change the landscape of paranormal media so that all we're seeing isn't just like white men running into houses screaming that there's demons there they um, are the worst that tends <laughs> that tends to be like what most of it is yes. and so it's like i'm i want to see more empathetic representation of like the paranormal not everything has to be like super scary um yeah. the like mm -hmm. my all my favorite paranormal experiences are all like beautiful and like mm -hmm. life-changing and not mm -hmm. scary um mm -hmm. and like that's so many people have experiences like that and so i think a lot i think a huge reason i get asked this a lot it's like how come we don't see like diversity on tv well there's like a million reasons why but a, one of the big reasons aside from the obvious reason, is that a lot of these stories and traditions and cultures, there are certain things that we cannot talk about in a public setting. Mm -hmm. um, and there are certain things that are just really sacred and really respected. So I kind of want to change the paranormal landscape so that more people feel comfortable sharing certain things because they know that it's going to be handled with care. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. That's awesome. And just to be clear, JJ, she was talking about you when she said yeah. the, the bad stuff. <laughs> I do run into a lot of buildings yelling, there's demons in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's really great. And I think awesome, um, yeah. we share some of that ideal too. You know, we when we first started, at least I really pushed like, well, where's the demon in this story? Did you cry blood? You know, whatever. <laughs> and then as we kind of moved on and, and the podcast took a life of its own, I realized I could do my favorite thing, which is interview interesting people and give them a safe space to talk about mm -hmm. whatever topic it is, you know, within the confines of the podcast. And it's been really nice and satisfying. So it's it's cool to see your journey, hear your journey. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see where you go from here. And audience, <laughs> I guess if you came here to hear a ton of ghost stories from Sapphire, I apologize. But there's <laughs> really good news. <laughs> she has a ton of them on her podcast and her YouTube yes. channel. I thought it would be fun to kind of dig into who Sapphire is and why she is the awesome person she is. So hopefully oh everybody enjoyed that. And Sapphire, where can our audience find all your great content? My podcast is anywhere you listen to podcasts, Stories with Sapphire. Um, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Sapphire Sandalo. And I'm 
basically only active on Instagram, uh, which is Sapphire underscore Sandalo. Awesome. I was just going to say if anyone has any horrible nightmares of bug faced, tall, bald things, go hey, to I, Sapphire. I take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's either Noah or go find Sapphire and blame her. <laughs> yeah. um, no. Well, <laughs> Sapphire, or Clive they Barker. You yeah, know, honestly, it's Clive. It. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say something nice about Stephanie? Yes. Oh, sure. Like, no. Um, I'm going to cut it out, but go ahead. No, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. No, no. Stephanie's no. so sweet. It's like, can I just say, um, oh, God, I just realized like this might sound like I'm trash. I'm not trashing other people, but I'm saying like it's. I thought you were going to say any... it might sound like I'm trashing her. I was like, maybe. <laughs> no, no, like other. Because I was going to say like it's so. It can be really hard to genuinely connect with not just people in the paranormal space, but like people on the internet. Cause there's a mm. lot of people whose intentions are weird. There's yes. a lot of good people. I know that, but like Stephanie was one of the very few people that immediately I knew like, Oh no, 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 no. Like we're like, she's good people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and we had like so many things in common. She was just, she's such a powerful medium. Um, and she's just like a sweetheart. And I, like want everything to happen to her that sounded weird i want like all like every good thing to happen to her <laughs> well i was talking to her yesterday and or i already mentioned that but we were talking about trying to set up an investigation in savannah georgia if you're interested in that um, we're, we're gonna try to figure all that out in, i would uh, love that near ish so future i do have one request uh when you say your name at the end can you do it in your super awesome My podcast, podcast voice yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. I'm Kat. And I'm Sapphire. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we got hand motions. <laughs> no one will see it. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.